button for podcasting. You missed the show. Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Ask about the Friday KXNO lunch special. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Miller and Condon on a, dare I say, football Friday, the final one for the next six months. But welcome in. Miller and Condon here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us, BMW of Des Moines Guest List. In about 15 minutes or so, we will get to our friend Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. We will uh, pick Tom's brain on what he saw last night, although I'm sure we'll spend the majority of the first portion of the program discussing what we saw last night as the Hawks put it to the turn. In impression fashion. So Tom Cakert kicks things off at ten fifteen. We, as we try to do on uh, the Friday before the Super Bowl, bring our NFL voices back for a few minutes, uh, the regional ones, and we got three out of the four. Uh, we will talk to Dane Mazzatani, covers the Vikings, also covers the Wild, for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, he will join us first. Then Dave Sinekin on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers uh, picked up the MVP last night. Said a couple of cryptic lines as to what his future is going to be. One thing that did, I do believe him when he says it, uh, whatever decision he makes will be made uh, very quickly here uh, in the next couple of weeks. So they won't drag this thing out. But Dave Sinekin on the Packers offseason and his thoughts on the Super Bowl. Uh, and then Nick Athen, likewise, with the Chiefs. What, where do they go from here? Uh, Eric Bieniemy may be on his way out. So... Um, another year goes by where he doesn't get a head coaching opportunity and may be looking for his next opportunity as an OC. 11 o'clock, Mike Palm from Circa uh, will join us. We will get the latest on uh, the Super Bowl point spread, all the props, Circa squares, etc. from uh, Mike Palm, whose wife gave birth to a baby girl Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Uh, yep, he will join us at 11.05. And then Dave Sproul on Iowa State, Clones and K-State. And this feels like a big one. And names tomorrow, two teams that uh, sit towards the bottom of the standings. But Iowa State's got those quad ones. K-State's looking to build their resume. Uh, they're coming off a loss against Baylor. Iowa State coming off a loss against Against West Virginia. They will collide on ESPN. You are a 100.3 the bus tomorrow at 3 o'clock. You ready? I'm ready. Super Bowl. We made it. Yeah, it's, it is. It's kind of melancholy for me, right? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, all right. It's great, but we're here, but we know what that means. Buckle up for the next six months with no football. But it. Uh, but I love college basketball so I much. I know it's, you do. So do I. There's stuff that gets you through. Right. But it's just king football for a reason, right? The, the matchup, Trent, the tickets, we talked about it yesterday. The ticket price is just collapsing. What started out at over $6,400 on conference championship, the evening of the conference championships. Get in price. Get in price. Uh, corner end zone. Mm-hmm. Last row in the building, but you're in the door. 
uh, $6,400, north of $6,400. That same ticket today is $3,400. And that's down from even yesterday. Still a chunk of change. It's a, no, it, look, it, don't get me wrong. It's a big, big ask. Uh, but the face value on those tickets, I remember the very first one I went to, the Packers and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And the face value on those tickets was $325. Okay. And uh, my wife and I each paid $850 apiece, which at the time was a pretty big chunk. Yeah. And as we're walking towards the Superdome, Packer fans with fistfuls of $100 bills offering us $2,000 a ticket. Wow. I mean, I didn't even flinch, right? It never even, no way. It buys a lot of hurricanes. It does, but I'm at the Super Bowl for the first time in my life, and I don't care if my team's not there or not. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Second one I went to was 43. Super Bowl 43. The face value of those tickets, so we had from 31325 to 43, the face value was $800. And that was, that was in Tampa Bay. It was the Steelers picking off uh, Kurt Warner and the Cardinals. Great game. Great game. And then in Super Bowl 50, the face value of the tickets was 1000 and those were the only ones I didn't get. Uh, I didn't pay for the. Um, well, you know who bought them, mm-hmm. and it's not who you think, folks. Right. Um, but you know, but we were gifted these tickets, and um, unbelievable. Uh, but now thirty four hundred dollars seems like a bargain. It kind of does. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you're a fan, you yeah. want to be there. Does it have something to do with the Rams? Because they're in the home, the the, the home city. Well, and they're, yeah, they're still new. Yeah, it's still L.A. I mean. I'm sure they haven't been a deer. It's not the Lakers. The right. Lakers, it's a Lakers town. When you talk about Los Angeles, yep. people that live there always say... The Lakers, Dodgers. Yeah, that's what matters inside yep. the town. And because they weren't there for a long time, you don't have that generational kind of build of the Rams. I'm sure that's a piece of it. Mm-hmm. You know, think of people... They were well, gone for a long time. My age. Right. You know, the Rams left when they were little, and uh-huh. all of a sudden, well, they found another team, whatever it is. So you miss that component. In Cincinnati... I mean, when you're rating the 32 NFL franchises, them in Jacksonville towards the bottom in terms yeah. of you know, just well, that's niche. changing. There'll there'll be a new generation. Oh of yes, kids. yeah. Uh, yeah when uh, when Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow, and I believe he will, uh, continues to uh, uh, continues to do this. Yeah, you make a really good point. So back to LA for a second, and LA's NFL team. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be surprised. Where the Raiders fit into all of this. And the 49ers, as we've seen. And we've seen with the 49ers. Yes. Good point. I mean, they, they had, I don't know if it was 50-50 on Championship Sunday as far as their fan base. But the Raiders were there for a significant period of time and had some success when they were there. You got that component. I think San Francisco is huge because, again, people in their 30s and 40s, the Rams aren't there. Mm-hmm. Chargers, right. not a whole lot of success. Yeah. And, well, all right, Raiders got cool colors. But San Francisco was so good. Uh-huh. With Montana into Young, that a lot of people, oh, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon. Yep, that's a pretty good receiver, too, that people I would love to see too. the breakdown. You know, we've seen the breakdowns of those pie charts of yeah. you know, who is what. Mm-hmm. Would the Raiders, you think, be number one right now? Trent, I, I, I honestly wondered that question. I don't think the Rams would be number one. I'm, and I, th- I know the Chargers aren't. No, absolutely yeah, not. They're far back and well beaten. Right. Of those four, though, mm-hmm. kind of what, the, yeah, what it looks interesting. like. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to the Hawks from last night, Trent. Uh, I know you didn't see this coming. I didn't no. see this coming. Uh, and in particular, y- you have to feel good uh, for Jordan Bohannon, right? Who seems mm-hmm. really, he's taken a lot of criticism. I know he's, for some people, he's not a real easy guy to root for with the histrionics this past summer. And, um, 
But it was, you feel good when a guy goes like that. And, and this has to be his final year, right? It, it does, yes. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there, there's no special dispensation that's going right. to give him uh, an extra year. But him going off the way that he did last night. And here's the craziest part of this box score. Keegan Murray had 30. How? Quietest 30 I can remember. Right? And he was so efficient. Yes. That's a part of it. Well, he's 12 of 14. He missed what, two shots. Wasn't chucking. But no. And some of those moves, that left-handed layup that he made oh my God. when he came back the other way. Uh-huh. And for a second, I saw it was 15, but I'm like, is that Chris? Because Chris is left-handed. <laughs> yeah. No, that was Keegan I doing know. that with his left hand. He is so talented. He is so good. Enjoy him while he's here because mm-hmm. he is not going to be along no. very much longer. No. It's coming down to the end of days Precious for him. Precious few. And Jordan Bohannon. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see certainly a new look going forward. I didn't see this coming at all. My biggest takeaway, though, Maryland, they got talent. That is yeah. a poorly coached basketball team. Yeah, I just don't think they're listening. I just, they, they don't care. They know that uh, that Danny Manning is, you know, he's right. like like uh, like Keegan Murray and Chabo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manning doesn't have a lot of time left with the the team that he's coaching right now. Look, they had one guy. They fat. Well, I shouldn't say that. Fats Russell and Hart kept them in the game yep. early. Hart was really good early in the basketball game. Uh, then he kind of uh, went away. They just Trent Iowa overwhelmed them. They're up north of thirty at one point in this game. I was up 30 on the road. Think about that. And on top of it, what this does for Iowa. It's a road victory. With their which, net, yep. Bumps but it up. when you look at the way that they did it. They win this game. Tight game comes down to the wire. They win it 75-73. That's good. But because of efficiency numbers that are baked into these net numbers, this is a huge one for them. They move up to now 19th in the net rankings. Mm. Ken Palm, they go from 20th up to 17th. It doesn't marry with what we've seen from this team. Do you think this is a top 20 team nationally? No. No. <laughs> top 35? Okay. okay yeah, yeah. In the hunt, yeah. But top 20? Absolutely not. 17th? So. But these are the kind of games uh-huh. that help those efficiency numbers. And though margin of victory is capped at 10, still the efficiency numbers, when you're winning a game like this, go into it. I was in good shape. I was in good, shape, good shape when you look at them going forward, yep. what they have remaining. You can't afford a loss to Nebraska. No, that Gotta would win be both massive. Because where are they in the net? 170th. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you have to take care of business on, on Sunday. Yeah, has Nebraska played since they won? I don't think this will be their – I don't think they have – they can't have a game tonight. No, no. That, this will be their first game back, yeah. So do they feel pretty good about themselves? Right. A little confidence builder? Look, if the Hawks the, – the Hawks have been good the last couple of games. With the – well – the, the last game and a half. The, yeah, 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 the first uh, the first half against Minnesota last Sunday, not the shiniest, but man, oh man, they put it to Maryland last night. Uh, Keegan Murray, unbelievable. Patrick McCaffrey, who twisted his ankle. Mm-hmm. See how he did it too, an official. Yeah, I mean, come, what a fluke! It's a total fluke. And you wonder, oh God, uh, don't do him like that. Here's another game we got to bring up: Peyton Sanford. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a role for him. There's absolutely a role for him, and there's a big role for him going forward. I mean, I'm talking next year. Yeah. He's going to be a big oh. part of what they do. And he's got work to do defensively, uh-huh. but as an offensive player, I mean, just go back to the games. Every time he flies the ball up there. He's fearless. He chucks it up. Yep. He gets a little bit of room. He's going to put it up. And the bench is already standing. I mean, that, that guy must hit 80% in practice because everybody is jumping up. Mm-hmm. He's got a role on this team. Toussaint, I was impressed by him again yep. coming in. Yep. Didn't shoot the ball real well, but he came in, run the offense. Ulysses was not as good as we saw the last time out. Nope. But what, did, what did Hummel say that uh, 
Uh, Fats Russell and Toussaint, the two quickest guards in the league. Yeah. I think he said that. That was his opinion. I guess you can make that argument. Russell's right. really quick, and Toussaint kind of gets out of control sometimes. But, um, man, just a complete, complete effort. They completely destroyed Maryland last night. Did it on the road, and not many people yeah. in the building. That no, was a there quiet wasn't. One. Yeah. It wasn't. Wasn't a good crowd last night. Not but... what you anticipate in that one. Good vibes, though, going forward, uh-huh. and I, I got something here for you. Are they 500 now in conference? They are back, back to, to 500, six six. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Michigan, Michigan State after the Nebraska By the game. way, Michigan last night, abs- I, I, one of us said yesterday they could see Purdue running the table in this thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I told you, not so fast. <laughs> yeah. That defense. That defense. Yeah, that non-existing, yeah. Uh, so what do you got? All right. So we have cross-sport. Oh, the new props are out? Props. And I got, I found one. Mm-hmm. At Elite Sportsbook. This is the first one that I saw that involves Iowa on Sunday in the game against Nebraska. All right, here we go. It is Iowa points scored. Iowa points scored. Okay, so say 75. Minus six and a half. Okay, now we're down to 68 and a half. Against Jamar Chase receiving Wow. Yards. First one that I've seen. That's great. Uh huh. So how the hell did they come up with a minus six and a half? Probably they their numbers say because that, they're thinking what's Joe Public thinking? And this Joe Public chair said seventy five. Yep. So you take off six. That's brilliant. Because what is his total? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. If you were just a better better at DraftKings, better as what what would it be? It's like eight in the seventies. Seventies, I think. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. So. Ken Pomeroy has Iowa projected to score 89 points. Oh, do they? So he may take six and a half. You're down to 82 and a half. So then, yeah. And you think Jamar Chase is going to be in some trouble? I do. I know Jamal Ramsey's going to be all over him. I mean, I think he's the best corner in the league. Pro Football Focus says he was this year. Well, take it from them, not from me. (laughs) So you're leaning Iowa. Yes, in, yeah, in, in yeah, this yeah. prop, I, I'm starting to come around. I'm starting. I mean, is, is J-Bo going to do what he did? Right. Well, I can count on Keegan to get his. But um, it's kind of capped. I mean, Iowa scored 110. Yeah, right, yeah. Where Chase could have 200. Right, that's true. I mean, he's done it before. Yeah, that's Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't see 200 happen. happen. Mm. So it, our first fun it, one, I'm going to keep an eye. I looked at every one yeah, of Yeah, you love those cross-sports props. Ah, they're so fun. Uh-huh. And the golf ones, and it gets you into the golf early on Sunday. You get rolling on that, do a couple of those, early basketball, NBA mm-hmm. or college. Oh, so much fun. Mm. And a and way to Panther, lose money before the game even Panthers starts. Loyola play at three? Three, yeah. That's brutal. That's going to lead right into it. Yeah. Well, um, good stuff. Your thoughts real quick before we get Tom Kegan mm-hmm. on here. Any, any change from your all over the Rams? Are you still as confident in the Rams today? Yeah. Do you fear the Bengals at all? Is there... I'm becoming more solid in my Rams love. Mm-hmm. Deeper and deeper that I get into this, the more and more as I'm going through props and doing different things and kind of crunching the numbers that I weigh. It sure and, feels like it's the Rams, doesn't it? And I'm booting for the Bengals. 30 17. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Ah, one more good game. You've spoiled us all playoffs for the most part. You have a Cincinnati future. I do, so I'm going to just stick with it. You're just going to play it. I played a few props, messed around on a few props yesterday um, at DraftKings, bet one at Bet Rivers. Just, I just messed around. I'm not going to get killed. This game isn't going to make or break my sports wagering account. Yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly would help if the if the Bengals, uh, the confetti falls down on them. But um, or at circa, we'll if you get seven seven at the end of the first, yeah, I quarter. got a bunch of those. 
I'd rather have final it at the score twenty seven seventeen. Yeah, that would work because yeah. that's like thirty five to one. Those circus squares, folks. If you're going to, if you're having people over that don't know anything about it, um, forever you had those 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 squares, that cardboard. And then you draw it at random. Circa takes the randomness out of it. You can pick your own number at the end of the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and the game. Uh, and they, they give the odds right in front of you. You'll know what you're getting uh, when you pick the square that you do. So grab the zeros, grab the threes, grab the sixes and the sevens, um, and, and have some fun. If you've got people that don't know what they're doing or don't uh, no interest whatsoever and want them to have a little action on the game, you can find it at circusports.com. You can find Tom Kakert. You can read Tom Kakert. HawkeyeReport.com. Hello, Tom. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Well, neither one of us um, expected uh, or thought we'd see what we saw last night. Nobody saw this coming. Bohannon was unbelievable. Keegan Murray, the quietest 30 points maybe in the history of the Big Ten. Um, he was unbelievable. What a performance last night, Tom Kager, particularly offensively. How about which is more impressive, the fact that Bohannon hit 10 threes or that Keegan scored 30 points on 14 shots? Yeah, I know it. 12 of 14. <laughs> I mean, that, and it's the way he did it, too. The left handed, going to his left hand, three guys surrounding him in the paint. Um, maybe it wasn't as quiet as we think it is, but when I looked at the box score, I didn't think he had 30, and yet there it was. I'll tell you what, I've seen better defenses at uh, Friday run at the YMCA yeah. yes. than I saw from uh, Maryland last night. <laughs> Holy cow, that was bad. They're just, they've. They have, how did that team beat Illinois? That's no my clue. question. Even without Kofi. Yeah. Uh, I, it's just unbelievable to me. That team has packed it in at this point. Iowa now home for three in a row. Nebraska on Super Bowl Sunday. Michigan, Michigan State after that. Feels like an opportunity here. Michigan, mm-hmm. nice win against Purdue, but they've been so inconsistent this year. Michigan State, it's Izzo, but it doesn't feel like nope. a, an elite, certainly, Michigan State team. And then it's back to Nebraska after that on the road. All of a sudden, we can go from a lot of concerns coming off that Penn State loss, where this team is going, finding themselves in really good position, and maybe even after that, we would be talking about Iowa putting themselves in a shot, getting a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, you could really make a, you know, you look at Ken Palm this morning, and um, he's got Iowa winning the next five games, so you know, a seven-game win streak would uh, certainly be. Uh, you know, tonic for the soul yeah. of Iowa fans this time of year because of the uh, uh, traditional uh, what what uh, Trent likes to call the free and fade. No, 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 no! Don't put that on me. <laughs> Not putting that on you. No, no, no he didn't no. coin it, but he certainly has used it. I've used it when it's happened, but it's it he's only needs to happen a lot. <laughs> he's used it a lot. The free and fade. Uh, maybe turns into the, like the one year when they won six in a row down the stretch. They were good last year uh, down the White stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, um, but they do have an opportunity. Here's the thing that everybody's looking at though is their resume, and you know that Michigan win last night uh, helps yeah. because now if they can beat Michigan, you know Michigan is potentially a top thirty team coming into Carver. Michigan State probably a top thirty team. They need. You know, like Indiana to kind of get on a little bit of a roll so that they can get up to the top 30. Um, Virginia, that win over Duke probably helps. Maybe they can get in that top, mm-hmm. what was it, 75, 75 yep. uh, for a road win. It, it, and then all of a sudden, you, you could look up in two weeks and say, 
wow, Iowa, instead of one in five in quad one, they're now five and five in quad mm. one if you have some things break the right way. Trent, I not even thought about the double buy, but you know, the more mm-hmm. you look at it, the more I guess that's kind of in play. I mean, still uh, asking a lot, but it's certainly uh, didn't, what, what wasn't there a couple of weeks ago, at least is in the conversation. Tom, when's uh, the Garza ceremony? Is it for the Michigan State game on Tuesday the 22nd? Yes. Tuesday the 22nd will be the Garza, Marble, Murray Weir, Chuck Darling, yeah, nice. all those guys. So, so that'll be a, a, a great atmosphere. And I, you know, I think Thursday is going to be really good too with uh, the Michigan game. And we, we still got, boy, you know, and I was talking to some Iowa folks yesterday about, are they going to even bother to get this Ohio State game in at this point? You know, I'm not sure they will. I don't know. Is that what you're hearing, Tom? Uh, they, you know, just the people that I talked to yesterday, they said um, that you know, they thought that this thing was locked down to move Michigan to the 15th and then play Ohio State there on the 17th and kind of just get that in there. But it just, it never worked out. It never got finalized. So um, now it, you're going to have to move some things around. It's going to be rearranging the deck chairs a little bit. And I'm just, you're, you know, running out of time here. It's like three weeks. And doesn't Ohio State also have a game with Nebraska that needs to be rescheduled? I thought they did. They got that one. They got that one. Yeah, they got that one rescheduled. Yeah, I think it's going to be March 1st, maybe. Okay. Um, Yeah, so that one's, they had to move some stuff around to get that one in. But I'm... Getting becoming more skeptical that this game is actually going to get played, and you know, from Iowa's perspective, I think they're okay, yeah. you know, because that you're not going to be favored in that game, and I think Ohio State would, you know, it's definitely going to be on short rest or whatever, and kind of a rush travel situation. So why not just say, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're one last game. Nineteen conference games this year, not a bad thing, and uh, certainly a road trip out to Ohio State. So. Iowa puts themselves in good position here going forward. The point guard position now is Jabo's job. Are, are we as simple as that? Jabo's got this, and he's going to run with it till the end of the season. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is what you're going to see the rest of the way. Is just they're going to they're going to run with uh, with Jordan at the at the point. I, I've never, by the way, guys, I've never seen a guy who just. Goes to one building and just shoots it the something? crap out of the ball. Yeah. It's twenty nine of forty three from Jesus. from three in that building in four four games. I mean, it, you know, I wrote about it in my game preview, but I didn't think he'd go out and do what he did last night. And the fun part of that is, you know, he breaks Chris Kingsbury's record, and, and Chris Kingsbury's son is sitting at the end of the yeah. bench. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was the that was wild awesome. part of that, and it, it's fun to you know. To, to see stuff like that, but it, it is, um, it's really, uh, you know, if they can get Jordan going, it mm-hmm. kind of changes the complexion of the team because they've been so inconsistent shooting the ball from the outside. And it's really been kind of like the Murray's or they don't have mm-hmm. much of a three point threat. Patrick shot it a little bit better lately, but everything else has been inconsistent. And, but if Jordan can give them that, kind of threat from from three and you know i was listening to patrick and and connor's podcast with their mom and they and mm-hmm. margaret brought up something that was pretty interesting just talking about how um 
how the how other teams guard Jordan Bohannon like he's Steph Curry. Yeah. And um she used that and she Except for Maryland. She coached. <laughs> she knows. Yep. She knows. Yeah. So um you know, it was just interesting listening to her perspective on that. No, they they cover. So, what is it about him? Is it just that's his comfort zone uh, when when he's got the ball in his hand? Because hey, look, he dished out some nice passes last night. Um, but what what is it about him that changes his game so much when he goes from the two to the one? I think it's just the familiarity uh-huh. that he has. He has just grown up with the ball in his hand, right? Um, and creating shots, be it, um, you know, AAU ball with Martin Brothers or playing at Linmar High School. Um, he was always the guy that had the ball in his hands, bringing it up, making plays, taking shots, uh, you know, taking those transition threes. That's all he's, you know, really known. And then all of a sudden, you're, uh, last year in college, you're not handling the ball all the time. You're having to come off screens and take shots all the time. And, it's just, you know, it's kind of like uh, trying to play left-handed kind of thing. It's just, it's not as comfortable as, as what you're normally used to. Peyton Sanford, he's got a role for this team. Mm-hmm. How much, uh, how important is he down the stretch getting him six, eight, ten minutes a game? Again, it's it's shooting. It's get some shooters on the floor to go with what, you know, Keegan Murray can, can do. And I think that just enhances your, your, your chances of, um, you know, doing some things in March because it's a it's always going to be a shooting contest, and uh, you got to be able to make shots. So, um, you know, he's he's come in, and the thing that impresses me is he has adopted the Fran McCaffrey philosophy of come in and if you're open, shoot the ball, and he's not hesitating Mm-mm. taking shots. And and there are a lot of guys who are freshmen who would maybe kind of just kind of just, uh, you know, try and take a backseat, trying just to fit in and, and move the ball instead of taking a shot. He's coming in gunning, and he's making shots. And um, they've honestly, they got to try and find him even more minutes than they've been giving him. They've got something there, Tom, no doubt about it. A lot of uh, national medias gravitating to him and buying stock in his uh, Iowa career. Tom, uh, last thing for you, Bengals or Rams, who's getting your money on Sunday? Uh, I'm probably going to be on the Bengals, I think. Money line, um, or are you taking the points? Uh, just take the points. Um, you know, my favorite bet, though, is there's one on Circa. Our friends at Circa have one that's uh, neither team will lead by 14.5 points and take the under in that. Figure mm. it's going to be a close game. And it's like uh, minus 105 that's on not Circa. Not bad at all. Interesting. Tight game. Yeah. So. Jump on that. If you don't think this is going to be a blowout at any point, 14 and a half, that's a lot of points. Sure seems like that. Yeah. I'm with you, Tom. I'm going to look at that one. Thank you for that. Uh, Tom, we'll talk to you next Friday. Appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll talk to you in a week. Thank you, Tom Kekert. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Kekert, HawkeyeReport.com. HawkeyeReport.com for Tom Kekert. Good stuff out of Tom. I like that prop. Yes, that's That's a good one. not bad at all. You think it's going to be a tight one? Jump aboard. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought Purdue was going to get through the rest of the season without another loss. Well, the Big Ten season without another loss. <laughs> uh, time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword win. Win at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. There's another winner in the building yesterday. Not here. Not here. 
Uh, Kiss FM, Kiss 107.5, had a winner yesterday. 11 in the building, none on KXNO's ledger. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.5. The cruise from data purchase. See dealer for complete details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO at 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time to look at our regional teams as we do each and every Friday before the Super Bowl. The Bears, well, they'll have to take a rain check today, but we're going to do the Vikings, the Packers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I do have a selfish question, Trent. You know I couldn't help myself, Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Dane Musatani covers the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Hello, Dane. Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. i got to start with you uh, earlier in the week, uh, the Wild and the Jets. Uh, in my hometown of Winnipeg, and man, oh man, it was spirited. Dylan and Greenway, and then uh, on one side of the face-off circle and the other side of the face-off circle, uh, here's our Marcus Felino and Adam Lowry for the first of two times. Man, you don't see that very often, but boy, these two teams, I know it's cliche, but there's not a lot of love between them, is there? No, none. Zero none. Love between them. <laughs> and that was something we, we noticed it right from the very beginning this year. Yes. Remember, they didn't yep. play last year because of the 56-game condensed schedule and the realignment. And there were like three fights in that game, and, and they hadn't played in a year. So, no, it, it's always going to be contentious when these guys go up against each other, and it certainly was the other night. The Wild didn't play well, um, but they – they definitely left it all out there as far as dropping the glove. Indeed. Felino gets a two-game suspension. His first game back, oh, by the way, happens to be against the Jets in the rematch in Winnipeg next week. So that'll be fun. So let's get to the Vikings. And I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, I know the coach, and, and as he builds his staff, it's not official yet. It will be early next week. But Kurt Cousins still, is that the the biggest lingering issue over this team as they head into the offseason, what to do with their $45 million quarterback uh, for next year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they got the GM taken care of, the head coach taken care of. You're seeing the coaching staff really start to fill out. So, yeah, you look at the quarterback, and he's such a polarizing figure. It's definitely Kirk Cousins, and what are they going to do with him? Obviously, we've seen the reports. O'Connell says he likes him. He's the head coach. He's not going to come in and say he hates the franchise quarterback. So, you know, that's neither here nor there for me. That kind of felt like a leverage play. I'm, you know, this is all conjecture. Um, I haven't talked to a ton of people within the organization, but if the Vikings really want to trade Kirk Cousins, it benefits them to say we want to keep him. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to trade something for him. They're not going to come out and say, "Yeah, we're you know we're out on Kirk," and then then that tanks his value right there. Yeah. So I wouldn't read too much into the, these reports coming out saying the Vikings plan to roll with him. The Vikings plan to figure something out. Maybe they will, um, but if they really want to trade him. It, it it does them no good to say, yeah, he's not. We don't want to roll with them next year. Um, they want to have leverage as far as long as they possibly can. Um, so this thing's going to linger. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, that contract really starts to kick in the first day of the, the new league year. So it, maybe something happens quickly. Um, but I, I think it's something we're going to have to follow throughout the duration of the offseason. Taking a look at the new GM, what he has in front of him, taking quarterback out of the equation. Is this a retooling of the roster? Or we got to build, uh, break it down, and then build this thing back up. I think it's a retool. I mean, I, I know some people go both ways on this. You know, it, that seems to also be kind of a polarizing part of this team is how good are they? Um, look, I, I know it's cliche, and I know that it's like kind of an excuse train. But this team was in every game last year, by and large. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of plays go the other way, and, and and maybe this is a playoff team. 
they have talent across the board. They have a legitimate superstar in Justin Jefferson. They have one of the best running backs in the game or one of the best weapons in the game in, in Dalvin Cook. They have playmakers on defense. Yes, it's starting to age out a little bit. I think this is something, if, if you hit on a couple of good draft picks here and there, uh, it can be a retool. Um, I don't think it's something where you need to go tank, get the number one pick, and, and, and figure it out from there. Uh, obviously, the, the big thing at the end of the day is going to be the quarterback. Can you win a, a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? I don't know. Can they trade Kirk Cousins for someone that maybe can get them over the hump? I'm not sure. But there is a lot of talent on the team. So I don't think this is something where you got to fire sales, trade everybody, and get horrible before you can get good again. Um, I think this team is pretty good right now. And, and a couple tweaks here and there, maybe they can be really good. Uh, Dane Muzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Dane, uh, other than the quarterback, who's the big name on this roster? Uh, maybe like a Thielen, like a Kendricks, a Barr, maybe. Uh, I, I think Harrison Smith said, but, but who's the biggest name, the biggest fan favorite that spots maybe in a little bit of a precarious spot for next year? I think the Neil Hunter. Like, we don't mm, know yeah. what he is right now. That's two years now he hasn't played. When he's on, he's the best pass rusher in the league. Yep. At least outside. I think Aaron Donald probably has, has something to say about right. a tier pass rusher. But when he's, when he's on and, he, there is nobody that can block him. He is a superhero as far as pass rushing. But he can't stay healthy. So like, are the Vikings really going to pick up that team option this year and say we're going to make you one of the highest paid defensive ends in the league or the highest paid edges in the league when you haven't really played in two years? I don't think so. So I, I mean, I think it's something where if Daniel wants to be back in Minnesota, he's probably going to have to take a pay cut. If Daniel wants to get paid, it's probably going to have to be somewhere else. So, I, I mean, it's something where you look at that and his career was off to such a, a fast start when mm-hmm. I think he was the fastest ever to 50 sacks. And, you know, he was a dominant force. He, he was something, you know, that reminded Vikings fans of, you know, the purple people eaters from back in the, in back in the day, like because of how dominant he was on that defensive line. Well, now it's two years of injuries. What is he? Um, I think those unknowns are something that heading into this off season, you know, make his position on the roster also an unknown. Another kid from LSU. LSU players all over the landscape this weekend in L.A. Uh, and here's another one. Uh, Dane, thank you for doing this for us. We appreciate it. Uh, with uh, you covering the Wild and the Wild seemingly uh, one of the best teams in the West, I'm guessing that once the playoffs roll around, if not before, uh, we will impose on you again. Dane, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. Dane Mazzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Still to come, the Chiefs. Right now, it's the Packers. He's Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Hello, Dave Sinekin, Trent and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Morning, gentlemen. Uh, all is well. All uh, well, is well, that's good. So uh, you saw, um, maybe you haven't seen it, but I'm sure you've heard, uh, the the uh, Aaron Rodgers wins his, what, fourth MVP, just one now behind Manning. Uh, came out, said um, he loves Matt LaFleur. He's going to miss Hackett. Um, he's going to miss Getzey. Um, but he's going to make decision. Whatever that decision is, we're going to know relatively soon. When do you think it is, and what do you think it is, if you had to guess at this point? Yeah, everybody's trying to parse through the tree, the tea leaves uh, after his, I thought, got a really heartfelt speech last mm-hmm. night where he really thanked Ted Thompson for drafting him. And I, I kind of took it as a goodbye to Green Bay myself. I feel like a lot of the reporters who cover Green Bay took it the other way, just that, that he really does have love for this organization and he feels how things have changed and, and that they do think he'll be back. 
Uh, I think we'll know here before the end of the month. He has said early March, but I think once the Super Bowl is behind, uh, the next couple weeks I think we'll have an answer from Rodgers. I, I still i am going to stay with where I've been. I, I think his time is done in Green Bay. I, I don't think he retires. I think that's in the conversation, but I don't know. Does he want to share Canton with Tom Brady? And mm. Is he really ready to hang him up after two straight MVPs? So. I just think the the fit in Denver. I know that gets your your yeah. heart and your pulse moving fast, Ken. I just uh-huh. with with Hackett there and and everything in place there. I know the division's a challenge. The quarterbacks he faced and the AFC is a challenge. But I just still get the sense. I know I'm in the minority now, but I have a feeling that's where he's headed. Jordan Love, if this comes to fruition, how ready is he to take over what has been a 25-year stranglehold at the quarterback position. Maybe even go back a little bit further. Mikowski wasn't bad either. No, he wasn't. That's a good point. Love, ready to go. That's the $64,000 question. I think they will. If they do move on from Rodgers, I expect them to bring in a veteran quarterback on the free agent market. Just to push him a little bit, I still think Love is the preferred day one starter. You know, Two years in the system, two years following Rodgers, we didn't think Rodgers was anywhere near ready after three years, after watching him at the little bits and pieces we got when Favre would leave a game or miss a little bit of time within a game. You know, he didn't miss any starts, but we'd get to see Rodgers in preseason and in mop-up duty, and we had the same uneasy feeling. So, uh, you know, I'm ready to find out, I guess, if the Packers make that decision. I expect him, if, if Rodgers is moved on or he retires, whatever it is, I think Love is the likely week one starter, but I wouldn't be surprised if a uh, uh, I don't know, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, mm. one of the free agent veterans that look like they may have a chance to win this job takes a shot. So uh, I'm anxious to find out, though. He's, he's learned behind an MVP. He's got a system that, you know, you don't need to be a superstar quarterback to win in that system. We've seen it with uh, Super Bowls in the, the last number of years from Matt Ryan to, to uh, Jared Goff. So uh, I'm I'm curious. i I'm not ready to throw the towel in on him, but I'd like to see what he's got. Uh, Devontae Adams, obviously, is a legitimate superstar. Um, they they may tag him. We're not sure. But locally here, of course, Alan Lazard is a free agent as well, and we're really starting to see him come into his own. He had another terrific season. What's his future? I mean, we know he's going to be in the league. Is he uh, Is he green? Will Green Bay want him back, or is he perhaps going to move on? Well, he's the one guy they have a bit of control over. He's a restricted free agent. So I think most believe that the Packers are going to slap a second-round tender on him, uh, meaning that if they another team wants him, they'd have to give up a second-round pick. I don't know that a team would give up a second-round pick for Alan Lazard at this point. He's uh, an integral part of this offense, with or without Devontae Adams. We talked about it all season, the, um, what he meant to this offense as a blocker, being on the field, and certainly down the stretch, he was – uh, one of the top touchdown um, receivers of the of the league over the last four, five, six weeks. So I think Green Bay would like to get him back. I think he will be back with Green Bay. But the whole Adams future, that's what, what Rodgers is wrestling with. He's Was he convinced by the front office that they can still keep enough guys where they can make a run mm-hmm. in the NFC? Because they know that extending Rodgers means they're going to cut loose a whole bunch of players. And whether they can keep Adams or not is the first priority. But um, things are going to change, and I think that's that's the reason Rodgers, I think, hasn't made a decision on whether he wants to play in Green Bay. Does he believe that uh, losing you know a half dozen key veteran players 
will still keep them in the mix in the NFC. I, I actually think it does because the NFC is so scrambled. Right. Certainly the North is that uh, Green Bay will still be favored no matter who they keep back if Rodgers is the quarterback. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, theheadcheese.com. Dave, thanks for what you did on a weekly basis for us throughout the regular season, throughout the playoffs. We will impose on you when there is Rogers news and leading up to the draft as the NFL truly is. Well, maybe not 52 weeks a year, but 50. <laughs> they, uh, they, they remain in the spotlight. Dave, thank you. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. All right, Vikings, Packers. How about those Kansas City Chiefs? Here's Nick Athen, Chief Insider on Twitter. You can read him and all of the sports that are covered at primetimesportstalk.com. Nick Trenton can. So uh, let's start with Eric Bieniemy, which, uh, again, another uh, round of uh, of head coach openings has come and gone. And mm-hmm. Bieniemy, the yep. music has stopped, and he doesn't have a chair and may not have a chair in Kansas City. Uh, what's what's the latest with um, the offensive coordinator? May he be on his way out of KC? Yeah, it's this is quite a complicated mess. Um, it, it, it it the Chiefs thought he was going to get a job. Uh, he really thought they thought they were going he was going to get the Saints job, and and uh, there were some internal politics that played a hand in that. So that didn't happen. And then he was interested, or he had interest from the Jaguars, the Saints, and I'm hearing the Steelers about being an offensive coordinator. At the end of the Super Bowl, he will technically be a free agent. Um, the Chiefs have not offered him a contract as of yet. Um, I think there is some some speculation that the Chiefs might go a different direction. They let Mike Kafka go to um, the uh, New York Giants to be their offensive coordinator and didn't put up a lot of resistance, knowing that they may not keep Eric. So I, I think... I think Andy's got something up his sleeve. I'm not really sure what it is, but I think this offense needs to change significantly, uh, maybe play to a different strength because this offensive line is not the same that, you know, Patrick had when it was, uh, when he was starting. This, this team can run the ball. They've got the line for it. And I, I think you're going to see some changes in the offense next year. Is it also a way of protecting your long-term investment with Patrick Mahomes, not having him back there 45, 50 times throwing the ball and, and retooling looking not just at the present, but also the future. Yeah, I think they have to. I mean, this offense has really done a remarkable job in the last, what, you know, four or five years. Andy's mm-hmm. been terrific. Um, Patrick's been terrific. You know, you've gotten the best out of Hill, and you've gotten the best out of Kelsey. You know, they got the best out of Watkins when he was here, and they got the best out of Pringle. So there's certainly a lot of, a lot of things. But, you know, they're going to have to evolve. They're going to have to run the ball more. You're going to see more of the kind of defense the Bengals displayed in this and the Chiefs, you know, Andy just wants to be pass happy. And I think that's why, you know, a different offensive coordinator, even though Eric Bieniemy was a running backs guy, um, I, I think you're going to have to mix it up a little bit more because they're going to be able to get five or six yards to carry. Now, do they have the running back to sustain that? You know, I'm not really sure. Is that running back's on the roster that Andy feels comfortable with that can do that? Um, but I think that'll be an evolution of this offense next year. And you're right. You know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't be back there 45, 50 times a day throwing the ball. They don't need to. They're good enough to run the ball more and and, and win football games. It's Nick, not as flashy. Nick, who's the biggest name on on the um, on the on the roster that may not be back next year? Maybe he's a fan favorite. Maybe mm-hmm. he's been there for a long time. Who's the biggest name that spot is uh, kind of up in the air for next year? You know, that's a tough question. I mean, there's been some rumors that Chiefs are entertaining offers with Tyreek Hill. I don't believe that for a minute. I think it's just wishful thinking by some NFL people. Um, you know, Chris Jones might be a guy. If wow. they don't build the, the defensive line around him, 
you know, that could be a guy. Um, I don't think it's going to be a lot of surprise if, if Matthew doesn't come back, though. I think he will. He's, he, he's he wants talking to. about a lot less. He wants to. He made that clear finally yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he'll get a long-term deal, I think, offered from the Chiefs, but it ain't going to be $18, $19 million. It may be in that $13 million range, which – which is still pretty darn good money, or a lot of irony, as my grandfather used to say. But Frank Clark, you know, probably going to be gone. Um, but I think if there's a shocker, I think it's Chris Jones. Um, I would have said McCole Hardman for sure, but he really stepped up in the postseason and had Patrick paid more attention to him, he probably would have had some killer stats. But I think he's finally turned the corner, so I think they'll keep him. But, but Chris Jones is an eye, a name of somebody I keep an eye on. Great stuff, Nick Athen. Thanks for doing this all season long. We will uh, speak with you as we lead up to the draft periodically. Uh, and again, thanks for what you do, Nick. Have a, uh, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. Who's your pick, by the way? Um, I'm going with the Bengals. You know, I just think uh, I just think it's their time. Um, I think they've just played really good. Good. They've been very fortunate. They've been very lucky. And you know, I want that guy in Louisiana to win uh, seven or twelve million dollars from the casino. So I'm all in. <laughs> Mattress Mac, you're talking about? Mattress Mac, yes, Mattress Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm all, I'm, I'm all in with Mattress Mac. Absolutely. <laughs> good stuff. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having yeah, me on this. Yep. Good to, yeah, appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. Yeah, Mattress Mac. You just keep betting millions of dollars on this game. Well, it's a great way for him to just great publicity. He owns every furniture store in, in Houston. He's got that. And he's just basically he puts up these great deals on mattresses and whatever mm-hmm. else furniture wise. And he comes back the backside, and he's right. going to... He offsets it. He hedges it right. every single time. Absolutely. It's brilliant. It is. Uh, by the way, we've got an opportunity for you to win tickets to see uh, the Michigan-Iowa game coming up on... What day is that, Trent? Is it a... Uh, let me get it. Thursday. Thursday. It's a 6 o'clock tip. I know that. Thursday, February 17th. February 17th. So what we do is, again, go to the Miller & Condon Twitter account. Total points in Sunday's Nebraska-Iowa game. Closest without going over. And if you claim that number, you get that number. If somebody comes, say, 155. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 155 is taken, uh, you don't get it if, it, if if that ended up being the winning number. Whoever claims the number first gets the number. You must use the hashtag Fuller Dental. You must have these entries in by 1 o'clock on Sunday to win t- tickets to see Michigan and Iowa. It's at the Miller and Condon Twitter account. That's the only place you can enter. You'll see the rules there. Again, use the hashtag Fuller Dental. First person to claim the number gets the number, dot, dot, dot. We'll come back and finish up the hour. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. And dot com. Right, hour number two coming up, Miller and Condon. By the way, if you need lunch plans, uh, the Murph and Andy shoe, their sandwich, which was uh, unveiled yesterday for the next three weeks at Jethro's on Fridays, you can get it for $10.63. Looks delicious. Does it? Yes. A little too much on it for my liking, but <laughs> anyway, looked yeah, okay. Uh, Murph and Andy shoe, 1063 at Jethro's the next three Fridays. Hour two coming up next.